the Mind Your OT Business podcast, where we empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura Park Figueroa. Ready to take action? Let's jump in. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Mind Your OT Business podcast. I'm so glad you're here spending a little bit of time with me today and with Katie Caspero, who I do a live coaching call with on this episode. So I want to talk to you about how this episode came about. So on the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group, I posted a call out for anyone who wanted to do a live coaching call with me if they were willing to have it be made into a podcast and into a Facebook Live video in the group. So we did this coaching call in the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group. If you're not there, you should go join us. It is a fabulous group of, I think it's up to almost 8,000 OT entrepreneurs now. And it is a wonderful place for community and collaboration around entrepreneurship as an occupational therapy practitioner. So I, I posted, I'm the moderator of the group, and I posted this, this post there asking people if they'd like to come on. And I said I would pick one person out of whoever commented who I thought I could help the most. And then what happened was there were, I can't remember, this was a month or so ago, there were probably 15 at least people that commented. And I realized that as I was looking at all of the comments, instead of actually analyzing who I could help the most, I felt like I was getting nervous about not being able to help someone. So I was avoiding certain comments because I was like, oh, I don't know if I have any wisdom to give about that specific topic. And I realized that. I realized that I, as as a quote unquote business coach who was selecting someone for this kind of experiment that I was doing, that I was actually concerned about me looking good. And so what happened was I decided to lean into the um, fear of that and to kind of give myself a little challenge. So I put everybody's name that had made a comment into a hat and I went on Facebook Live and I drew a name live in front of whoever was watching. I don't know how many people actually watched it, but I drew a name live and that was the person that I chose for the live coaching call because I wanted to actually try to be helpful to anyone and not just try to filter my own perception of myself or my own self-image for all of you. So that is what how this call came about. And it went really well. I actually was really excited because honestly, her comment was one of the people that I was like, oh, I don't know if I can help with that. Because her initial request for live coaching was about automating marketing in a way that still felt relational to people. So how can you automate marketing but still be relational? I had a few ideas, but I kind of felt like I'm not I'm not so sure that there there's a way to completely automate it because if you're going to be relational in your marketing in some ways you have to be physically present, right? You have to reply to people and comment and have conversations with people and build relationships. And that stuff takes time. I'm a firm believer that not all marketing can be automated. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I really do believe, especially for most of our businesses that are smaller businesses, especially those of you just getting started, the most important thing to do is to personally network and personally 
develop those relationships with people who may be able to refer others to you. So anyway, I digress. In this live coaching call, what you are going to get to see is kind of behind the scenes of what an actual coaching call looks like. I think a lot of times if you're a new business owner and you haven't hired someone yet to help you, there's a little bit of mystery around like, what will that actually look like to have someone coach me? Now, I'm not saying that my coaching with Katie is exactly what all coaching will look like. But what I hope it will show to you is that it is a process of collaboration. It is not linear. It's not like, first, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. Okay, there's the solution and we move on. It is very collaborative. It is a thought process. It is having problem-solving moments together where we're both brainstorming. And that is how you come to those light bulb moments where you get real clarity about, oh my gosh, I need to do something different in my business. So I'm realizing I haven't told you what Katie's business is yet. It is amazing. Katie Caspero is the owner of OT Graphically. It's at otgraphically.com. And it is a business that creates infographics for OT professionals. So the whole point is to take research and put it into easy-to-read graphics so that you and your clients can stay up to date on what is best practice currently in whatever area that you practice. So I'm dying to share with you some of the conclusions Katie had during our coaching call together But suffice it to say that she came to some new maybe conclusions about who her ideal customer might be, that her customer base might be wider than she thought it was, and got some new ideas about foundational things she needed to put in place to continue to market her business as it grows. Because she's a brand new business. She just started this year in 2020. So... I hope these things that she came to, these conclusions she came to, will help you in your business as well. So listen in now to my live coaching call with Katie Caspero, owner of OT Graphically. So tell everyone a little bit about your business and and what you do, because it's so, so unique and I just love it. Yeah. So I take research articles and make them into infographics. That's kind of the general overarching theme. And then I can do that kind of, that's the main thing. And then I have many different avenues that can take. It can be social media posts. It can be like a PDF you can attach to an email. It really like mm-hmm. I've done poster presentations. So the, the limits are, there's really no limits on it. I'm really passionate about research and getting it out into the world because I feel like a lot of great things are going on. And I know, I'm, sure, I'm sure you appreciate that. <laughs> Your yes. research is awesome. I feel like there's a lot going on that is just not known about. And that makes me really sad. And there's a lot of great authors that have spent their whole lives working on something and someone's never heard mm-hmm. of it. So that's kind of my mission to bridge the gap. Researchers also implement their mm-hmm. work into practice. So I'm working on a few things and studying. I'm going back to school to study implementation science. So I'm working on some stuff with that as well. Oh, interesting. Okay. Sorry, rabbit hole. I got to hear about this. There's You're going <laughs> to get a degree in implementation science. It's a certificate, but it's through a okay. CS. It's through a clinical science doctorate, so it's kind of like embedded oh, into the program. Yeah, it's the only one of its kind at the University of Pittsburgh. So yeah, I was um, going to say, where is it? That's so interesting. Yeah. So, so we, yeah, go ahead. We just learn basically how to analyze evidence, how to implement it, and how to share it with our audience, whoever that might be. 
Yeah. So this is a really great example. I say this a lot and I think I'm like in the minority that I actually really believe that higher education, like going back for a graduate degree is a great way to build your business. Like it, it, it gives you this like structure and accountability to be able to learn the really hard stuff and do the hard things that we don't motivate ourselves to do like on our own, just in our everyday life as entrepreneurs. So that is so cool. And I know so many people are like, you don't need a higher education to be an entrepreneur. You don't, but there's something to be said for really building expertise in an area. And I love that you're doing that. That's so exciting. I didn't even know that was uh, part of your, your life right now. So that is so great and will totally help you in your business, I think. So who are, I, I think since this is so non-traditional for this is, and which I think will be very interesting for people listening, who is your ideal client? Like, mm-hmm. it sounds like you could have a lot of those. Like a lot of people might be interested in what you do from a bunch of different areas, from, market, from people wanting to market their business, but also researchers and lots of people. So who have your clients been or who's your ideal client? Yeah. So there's definitely like the people I would love to help. And then there's people that actually, you know, are in the space or, or are the ones that can, you know, pay for it and are, are actually who I'm helping right now. So those are two different people right now. Who I would love to help would be researchers, be able to share their work and as well as OTs be mm-hmm. able to, you know, read the work. So it's kind of like being a bridge between those two clients, if you will. And then right now I'm actually, it's really cool. I get to work with like nonprofits and as well as like OT businesses and healthcare businesses to both for like implementing something new or just general marketing things. Right. So it sounds like it's a little bit challenging. A challenge that comes up in my mind, at least, is that you're sort of, you're sort of serving, you have to know the ideal customer of your ideal customer which could be a lot of people, like you're serving the person who is trying to get the information out to their ideal customer, right? Right. Yeah. Am I correct on that? Yeah. So if you're like trying to make a website and you want to market it to parents, I could make like an infographic that would show like, oh, you use this research, but then explain it in a parent-friendly way. Yes. So there, it's just, it's so hard because like every time people talk, I'm like, I can make an infographic of that, you know, it's just like, oh, yes. you know, cut it off somewhere. So that's and the challenge, you know, OT worlds is. But that's totally like why you've, this is such a niche. It's such a unique niche. And it's, you've totally found what the way your brain works that way is, is not the way other brains work. It is very difficult. It is a skill to take something that is very complex and synthesize it down to be the, the nuggets that people need to know to get the information across. And that should be a highly paid skill. So this business has the potential to be very successful. I can see some challenges with scaling because it does take such a high level of synthesis and it's all in your brain to be able to teach someone else how to do it, I think could be challenging. But for right now, is it just you? It's your solopreneur Um, or do you have people helping too? I have like contracted graphic designers as well, but they're just um, local people and, and friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of are the, you're the, the creative mind behind it. You tell them and they kind of help you execute. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah more okay. so for like logos and, and things like that. They do more of the like general graphic design stuff yeah. that I'm not okay. familiar with. So. Okay. Okay. So 
Let's talk about, so what you wanted to talk about when you kind of pose, this is the topic I want to talk about. Well, why don't you, why don't you tell us, tell, tell me what you, what you are hoping to get out of this call. So, yeah, I really want to market to researchers, but it's, and that was kind of part of my idea of going back to academia. I'm like, I just need to like get in there, you know, yeah, very yeah. expensive way of doing that, but yeah, it's a huge wall to like, even just, yeah, get mm-hmm. people who have our researcher in academia. So yeah, being able to market to them has been a huge challenge because I think, and then as well as just, you know, not doing everything. I was thinking, what am I doing right now? And I'm kind of doing a lot of different things, but Mm -hmm. how do I kind of like streamline that? Okay. For marketing, you mean? Correct. Yep, exactly. And and what type of researchers are you targeting? Are you targeting only health sciences? Are you targeting any researcher? Kind of what's your, is it medical and health? Is it broader than that? Narrow, um, I, more narrow than that. I try to focus on OT because I feel like o- we ha- have a unique challenge where we have a lot of research, but yeah, or we don't have, we're not, we're, we're kind of losing our evidence based on our credibility. And that worries me. So yeah, um, because it's coming, it's coming out so fast and yeah, all that fun stuff. But yeah. Um, so yeah, just OTs right now. And I, I try to focus, it's called early career researcher. So okay, one or two years of even in PhD, in, in the PhD program, mm-hmm. a lot of people that I are my clients are, are PhD students. Yeah. I was like, I already have, as you've been talking, I'm like, oh, I have a lot of ideas I would like to talk to you about later. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to hire you. Okay. So that is a very specific, very good niche to have. Like you're very clear on you're not serving every single researcher out there. And this is something we've talked about in Facebook lives before in this group is you can't serve everyone. So it sounds like you're really clear on OT researchers. Where are these people? Where are they hanging out? Where are you connecting with them right now? Early researchers of which I'll be one next year. So this is yeah. very interesting to me. Maybe I need to join some of these groups. So yeah, they're you know where so, your people are, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're on Twitter, which is like my, our, oh. I can't stand Twitter. I am very much Instagram all the way. It's so like, that's my language. I am so visual. So that has been actually, honestly, the biggest challenge, understanding Twitter. And like, I have like 20 followers and like, I've done, I've done so many things. Like what is going on here? Um, oh, I'm so, so with you. I hate Twitter. I have Twitter on my original outdoor kit, my private practice, my outdoor kids OT business cards. And I, I have so many of them left. Cause you know, we all print like a thousand when we, I know, start. I don't think we're ever going to use them now with COVID too. Oh, I know. I know. It's like, here, here's a German infested piece of paper. Great. But I, I just want to like X out the little Twitter thing. Um, I just mm-hmm. hated Twitter. I, I'm like, I think I, I think I still have an account there, but I just never post. And I, I wonder though, like an idea that came up for me is like, is Twitter where the, the researchers might be there, like your clients might be there, but is Twitter where your product is going to be used? Like, could no. your researcher clients be convinced that maybe they're the people they need to get their research to are on Facebook or Instagram or other places? Mm-hmm. Because the, I mean, I can't really speak like an expert to Twitter, but I, I wonder if helping your client think about where is their client where are the people that they want to get their research out to? Are those people on Twitter? I don't know. I mean, are they on Twitter or are they on other platforms? And if you're creating a visual media, like Instagram or Facebook seems like the place those would be, or even LinkedIn would 
Mm-hmm. Is Twitter very visual? It's mostly just text, right? Like short. They make it really hard to make it visual. You have yeah. to change the dimensions all the time and they make yeah. it blurry. And so, and you're also retweeting. So it's confusing because you're, is this mine? Is this someone else's? So yeah. It's easy to get lost into like wh- where this information starts. Okay. So are you connecting with your ideal customers on Twitter? Is that one of your primary ways that you're finding customers or what's kind of your approach right now? I mean, not successfully. The other thing I just was like blank, I would read an article and then I'd look for the email address and I'd just email them and say, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is, I really like what you're doing. You know, this is a cool concept. Can I make an infographic of it? And I, I did that for months and I heard back from like three people, maybe. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. We got to figure this out here. Okay. Why do you think that's the case? A lot of people were abroad. So actually, okay. They might not have speak, spoken English. Okay. Their time. They don't have enough time, I think. Yeah. I'm sure they're just, and then just maybe didn't understand the value of it. That's what someone said. Yeah. You're going to really need to have to explain, especially because I don't know if they're like an early career researcher until I talk more with them. So, so I almost wonder if somehow forging, forging relationships with universities that do a lot of research. Like what if you got a contract with, I'm, I'm just totally trying to think outside the box here. Like what if you got a contract with like, I'm thinking of USC. I mean, they do a ton of research mm-hmm. and they seem pretty, pretty forward thinking about, you know, getting the idea of occupational science out into the world and that's like basic research to inform our profession, plus the idea of having it be multidisciplinary, you know, affect that, that basic science of occupational science to affect multidisciplinary research. Mm-hmm. Like, have you thought about that? Like, like getting a contract with a school to then be the person that they use to disseminate visuals about the research that findings that originate at that school, or is that too far ahead? for us to think of right now. <laughs> no, no. I think that's kind of where I'm at. Like who's the, who's the people that are, you know, going to hire me, I guess. I, so I started with like publishers and they all have their own like graphic design team or they just were like, we don't have this in the budget right now, but I had reached out to my alma mater Duquesne, but then just like COVID hit and they were like, we yeah, have a lot of trying to figure out school. So I think right. that's a good thing though to revisit. I kind of forgot about that. Another idea that just came up for me, like, because I'm thinking, I think what you do is so interesting to me because I am in a PhD program and I am going to do research. Mm -hmm. And that research, my own research, is going to inform my private practice, right? But I'm wondering if there is an avenue for you to explore in your business with business owners, like the people who might be watching this in this group, to say, Instead of targeting a researcher as your ideal client, essentially, maybe another ideal client could be a business owner, an OT business owner, to stay focused on OT because that's your expertise, Mm -hmm. right? But to say that you can take research that is relevant for that business owner, right, to communicate the research to their ideal clients. So because I can think of a lot of times that I've come across research just in doing my coursework for my PhD, where I'm like, I wish that I could take this and put this in a visual form and share it like in a blog post for Outdoor Kids OT for my practice to share with parents, but I don't have the time to do that. 
you know, but I, I sure enough might pay good money to have that as a visual that I share as a lead magnet or to get emails from people on my website or, or that would mm-hmm. kind of increase visibility on Facebook. If we share it in our practice, then that, that has a snowball effect. When you have a well-created infographic like that, that you can share over and over right. or use as a lead magnet, I, I think business owners would pay good money for that because it has ongoing potential in their business to be valuable and to bring in more clients and help them connect with ideal clients. So have you done any of that? Or is that like, are you like, yeah, yeah, I've been there, done that, Laura? No. <laughs> what, well, I did what it is that once, thing? but I kind of didn't make the connection. I did it for like an optometrist office. I've uh-huh. done like... Yeah, yeah, you're building a business. You're you're exploring options, totally. (laughs) Oh, and I have putty in my hand, by the way, because I practice what I preach. (laughs) I'm like playing with it. Uh, So if you hear it pop, that's what it is. But yeah, I did like a developmental milestone for an optometrist who was a pediatric optometrist. And he wanted to share that he also does like pediatric stuff, which is so cool. I love that. Yeah. Doing that. And so he used it as to get like emails, but that's the only thing I've ever done. I didn't really think about that. I kind of forgot that was like months ago. So yeah, because I, I really think, I mean, and that was my immediate, when I look at your Instagram, when I look at your website, which I briefly looked at, I can't remember what it looks like right now. Cause I didn't look at it this morning, but <laughs> my mind immediately goes to like, oh my gosh, these could be so helpful in business because a lot of times business owners, they know the good occupational therapists that are running private practices or running a business, right? They know the research that's informing what they do, or they they probably are staying up to date on current evidence, but they don't have the time to make it pretty and easily communicated to people. Mm-hmm. They might write a blog post with some photos in there, but but people don't read stuff in today's world. That should be your tagline <laughs> because people don't read stuff. Like <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can yeah, make it I sound cuter than that, but I don't read any emails. I just am like, are there pictures? Nope. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. You skim. Right. And that's where like, like today, people today, if something is not visually engaging, you know, and, and immediately drawing their interest and simple and like able to communicate quickly and easily what the main top bullet points are of that article or whatever, whatever you're synthesizing in the infographic they just don't pay attention. And so I think part of what we had talked about was you wanting to kind of clarify your messaging. So I think we spent a good amount of time on like, who's your ideal client? And we've realized you can have many of those. And and there might be different avenues to explore there as far as like people that run businesses that might want you to create infographics as well as early career researchers. I, I think the challenge with the early career researchers and why I kind of transitioned in my brain to like, where's the money here? That's my brain is always thinking as a business owner, like where's the money here? And with an early career researcher, like, yeah, they want to build their career, but ultimately like, does it put more money in their pocket? If more people know about their research, maybe just want to get articles out there. Like they're, yeah, I have so much time in the day. Right. It's very different. Right. But a business owner who forms a relationship with you might be a return customer over and over again because they'll want you to create those visuals for their business because that will successfully be shared on social media and will increase visibility for their business, which translates to money in their pocket. You know, so it's like 
it's like that might be a, an avenue to explore. I am, I'm literally, I mean, I, I wouldn't say this. I don't say this to like every person I interview or anything, but like, I am literally going to be talking to you very soon <laughs> because to, to hire you to do some infographics for my business, because I just think that it's such an effective way to communicate complex information to an ideal client and to connect with your customers, to share useful things for them. So let's kind of move forward with like your messaging. So right now, like, cause we, we kind of were talking about, like you said, I want to clarify my messaging and also figure out how to market effectively and efficiently. I don't know that we'll solve all those problems in a short, (laughs) short call, but what's your current messaging? Like, what are you saying to people? I feel like you described what you do really well. What's your messaging? Like when you send a cold email to someone saying, Hey, this is what I do. What's kind of your your spiel. <laughs> yeah. Well, what kind of triggered me to, to write the comment on your post was I, my, my husband was like, I was trying to explain what you do and I couldn't. So right. I was like, oh gosh, that's not good. Like my husband doesn't know what I do. So said every OT in the yeah. history of the world. So it's not just that you are an OT. It's also that you do a graphic design infographic creation on top of that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That totally. Was when I was like, I need some help with this. I basically say, and I kind of think about like who the person is, like if they're, I guess we can focus on like a business owner, I would say, you know, Hey, I, you know, have these infographics that I offer and I, you know, they're really helpful if you're trying to get people to like increase your readability on your website or get more traction for your Facebook or Instagram page kind of. And then it also like saves you a lot of time. I know how much time it takes. Those are kind of my time. And the other thing I said, just like increasing people Visi- to your page. Yeah. Visibility and like people knowing about your work. Yeah. Or your business, I guess we could say too. You don't have to do that. I just I'm like, I'm like, I don't want you to feel like you have to talk about business owners. You can keep researchers if you want. Good challenge. So Yeah. 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 So I think you, you hit upon some real pain points there. Right. And the, the key thing I think, especially in like a, a cold email, maybe that you would be sending to someone is to make sure that you are quickly, quickly communicating to them right off the bat the problem that you're going to solve for them, right? It it goes back to basic marketing, even more so in a cold email. Something that I think might be really effective is to have a testimonial of someone, which I'll be happy to give. I'm like the (laughs) biggest evangelist. If I love something, I'll tell everyone about it. I'm like, let me do a testimonial for you. I just loved your service so much, whatever. But I really do think that, that saying like, you know, this business owner, I'm going to use business owners just for the purposes of people in the group, Mm -hmm. like for examples for them. This person that I serve, this client got a thousand people added to their email list because they used my infographic or even a hundred. I mean, it doesn't have to be a very, I mean, don't lie. I want it to be a real story. Right. But (laughs) like, but like adding a story element to that, to say like business owners that have used my infographics have, have seen the following results there, they add emails to their email list at a, this percent increase in before or whatever, <laughs> you know, like yeah. having some real data in there that you, that you actually get feedback mm-hmm. from the people that you're serving about why it was helpful or, or have a testimonial from someone that says how, how helpful it was and gives their own experience, you know? So kind of that like social proof of like other people who have used it yeah, um, or amazing. used your services. And being very clear about what 
it's it's hard with your business because you solve a lot of it actually solves a lot of problems i think for people but mm-hmm. what do you think is the number one i i don't have a there's no right answer to this i'm truly asking what do you think is the number one problem that your creation of these infographics for a researcher or for a business owner solves well that's hard i'm going to say time yeah. but i feel like the other one is engagement Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great one. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So time spent communicating and trying to like synthesize things down. And I think you really want to in your, maybe not in a cold email, but I think on your website. And I, again, maybe you have this there. I can't remember because your website, like last week when we scheduled the call, (laughs) but I think you really want to make sure that your, your direct clients, the people that are hiring you know how much time this takes. I think people think that because Canva exists, they could just like go on and create an infographic in like a minute. And it's, that is not the case. This is a skilled expertise that you have in synthesizing information. It takes a lot of time to do that and making it simple. I just had Cheryl Crow on the the podcast and we were talking about video, creating videos, you know, and she said, it's weird. Like the shorter the video, the harder it is to make. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same thing. The more clear the infographic, the harder it is to make. A a social media post this big is harder than like a one page thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so I think you should be charging a good amount for that service. Sorry, everyone, if you want to hire Katie and I'm going to hire her too. So I just raised my rates, but, (laughs) but for my, what I'm going to pay her, but, but I think I, I want to make sure you're really valuing what you what you offer here and being really clear on the on the problem you solve because I do think you solve the problem of time spent communicating, but ultimately, I think that's a step removed from the money in people's pockets. Like they might yeah. think, well, I could just create it on Canva and I don't need to pay her or whatever. So, yes, time, but I think the second one you said is even better. Like, do you want to? build an engaged audience on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, whatever platform people would be using? Do you want to be seen as an expert in your field? You know, using that language that like your product that you provide to someone actually makes them be seen as an expert, even if they're not sharing research that's their own. That's the crazy thing, right? Like if you're curating it, yeah. like the business owners curating what they want to communicate to the public, what they what they want to communicate to their ideal customers, but you are the conduit that makes it look like that person is the expert because they are sharing this like very helpful information with people. So tapping into that, like that idea of getting more engagement, like what you said, I think is a really good use of like thing to put in your messaging when you're talking to people about like the problem you solve, because every, everybody hates it when you put something, you spend all this time on social media, right? And then like nobody replies or or whatever, you don't, you get like two people or whatever. And I think infographics are definitely a, a uh, shareable thing. Do you want, do you want more shareable content? Do you want to, do you want to share things on social media that actually serve your customer and get shared time and time again or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like having that language that helps that helps people realize like, oh, this is actually a way I could get more engagement on social media and get my business out there in front of more eyeballs and more people that might be interested. 
Yeah. Are there other problems like engagement? I think time too. Are there, are there other like things top of mind? I was, I guess also along with engagement is like empowerment. So like parents being Mm -hmm. able to, I work with kids, so I just, or clients or in general, being able to understand the, like what OT is and and being able to really feel empowered that they know what's going on and kind of what the plan is. So yeah, the research says. Yeah. So you totally could, you totally could send that. And I mean, is that on your website? Like, do you wish everyone knew what OT was? Like that is, if, if you're, if your ideal client is an OT, right? What OT would not land on your website and be like, yes, that is me. Like every OT, every OT has this as a problem, right? Maybe you make that as a lead magnet on your website to get people's emails who might be your potential customers. Like you make an infographic about what is OT anyway, and you share that and that, oh my gosh, you know how many emails you would get from OTs? <laughs> because people would be like, yes, I need that infographic to share. And then that feeds, that feeds people back. You put your logo on it, like OT graphically in your website or whatever. But then that infographic gets shared over and over and over by OTs. And then your name gets out there as like the person mm-hmm. who created this infographic. Have you done this already? Maybe. No, I, I mean, I... I don't know why. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's because we're juggling so much as business owners. Like we can't. <laughs> right. I think, yeah, I can get kind of caught in the weeds a little bit. So I think it's good of to kind of back it up. And yeah, I can definitely picture it being like a, a lead magnet. And then people, I think what, what I struggle with and what I hear myself saying is a lot is you just have to see what I do. Like right. telling it is really hard to explain to someone like, well, I make like pretty pictures and then I, you know, right. draw, animals. you know, it's just, I'm like, I just, just kind of just show you. So that really like on Instagram, I only have like maybe like 25 posts, but I have a lot of followers because I just, I think of it as a portfolio yeah. Same with the website. I think of it as a portfolio, but I think I, I'm getting past that. Like I'm a graph. I'm not just like my graphics aren't just my marketing. I need to actually like add some words and you know, kind of do that too. Yeah. I, so do you have an email list yet? Are you starting that or no? Mm-hmm. I you do. do. I, I'm starting it. Yeah. Okay. There's good. Been some bumps in the road, but yeah, sure. Oh, there always are. It's, it's the bane of my existence email list. <laughs> I think that you probably have a lot of people who see your work and think it's really cool, but then don't need it right then. You know, they may not need it. I mean, this is true for any business. Like people might right. see your work and think it's great or see your practice like, like a family that may want to come for therapy eventually, but they're not quite ready. And it's really important that you have some way on your website that people are able to give you that email if they want to stay in touch. Right. And Mm -hmm. if your target client is OTs, any OT, I mean, OT business owner, OT researcher or whatever, and you had a downloadable graphic that they could share on social media about what is OT, that everyone is going to give you their email for that. Everyone. Because it because it's just such a universally like it Issue. is it's yes, it defines our existence as OTs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So even defining like what we say occupation is, you know, like what is occupation? It it would be interesting. You could use the OTPF and do like all the little categories with like little graphics. Oh, yes. Yeah, my brain is going. Yeah, I, I think that's another thing that I get stuck on a lot 
and this is kind of comes back to like, yes, this is, takes me a long time to do these things is I then go to like research databases. That's where I would start from what yeah. you just said. And and then I type in occupational therapy and then like 7,000 articles. So it's, it's so yeah. long to get it to that point. So I guess I'm just trying to personally, you know, put my time where it needs to be. So I thought Absolutely. I'll just make the graphics and people will know what I do, but that's not right. necessarily the case. Right, 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 right. Right. Well, your graphics are beautiful. I mean, they are, they are beautiful. And some of them, you can just tell they took so much time to, to synthesize the information and get it in a a pretty visually pretty format. (laughs) Okay. So clarifying messaging, what do you feel like right now? So let's move into a little bit of the actual, like problems you feel right now. We've, we've hit a few of them, I think just Mm -hmm. in our conversation, but but are there things, I know you had talked about feeling like you're, maybe it's not efficient the way that you market right now. It seems like it's pretty effective if you're, I mean, it does lend itself very well on Instagram to be a visual platform. It's a visual platform on Instagram. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you're getting followers there, which means that you can connect with those people, you know, but what do you feel like is not working right now with your marketing? What are problems or things you feel are like sticky points? I think I just don't have the tools beyond social media to get my name out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not hitting the people that necessarily need my services, or I'm not doing it frequently enough or consistently enough where they remember me. Yeah. Okay. How, how often are you posting on social media? Like twice a month. It's very infrequent. Okay. Okay. And are you, are you there like consistently mm-hmm. in stories and stuff? Or I'm thinking of Instagram in particular, cause that seems like where your people yeah. be, but yeah, I um, am pretty con- I mean, kind of, I'm also, I think I told you this, but I'm kind of a digital minimalist. So yeah. I do wake up in the morning, do all my email, do all my social media and then put it down. Well, this is in an ideal world. Doesn't yeah. happen every day, and then the same for the other. Like, and I think that's kind of the direction things are going. So I was starting to get nervous. Like, ooh, if I don't have anybody on an email list, like, and people are saying like social media is, you know, they're taking breaks from it. It's not, you know, great for X, Y, and Z reasons. Yeah. So I just I, I feel like I need to to branch out a little bit too. So. Yeah. So you mean focus more on building your email list than relying on social media to connect with your customers? Right. Is that kind of what you're saying? Effective, but yeah, exactly. Do you mind if I ask you how big your email list is right now? Like, what do you have on it? And how long have you been in business? Like a year? Since April. Oh gosh, just since April, you launched during the pandemic. Good for you, girl. um, (laughs) Well, I it was hanging out in the Pennsylvania County building for a while. I had to get caught <laughs> during the pandemic, but it was actually the summit that really made me move forward as fast as I Oh, awesome. That's mm-hmm. so great. That makes Trish and I so happy. We just, we just talked yesterday about like setting our planning meeting for next year. We have all these exciting. things in the works, but yeah, it's really exciting. That's so fun that, that, that it was a helpful, the OT Entrepreneur Summit is what you're referring to, which will be in May of 2021. We will have it again. So, okay. So you launched in April. So right now, how many people, I mean, Okay, I just want to frame this for everyone that I'll be impressed if you have like 20 people on your email list because most people that have started a business in April would not have anyone on an email list. So where do you know where you're at right now? Yeah, I'm trying to add in. I think it's like 75. 
Okay. Okay. So you've got a, you've got a good group of people. 75 people is not nothing. 75 people that have given you your, their email, Mm -hmm. that they're interested in what you're doing. My name's not on there, but I will be later. I think you are right in thinking that this should be like the next step of how you're going to grow your marketing piece of your business. Like this is foundational to marketing in a business is building your email list as, as much as we, it's kind of like the thing we have to do, but I, I think what, what helps is to frame it as like, if someone has actually given you their email you can treat them like friends. You know, they are people who are supporters, who are interested in your work. They're not there to like spy on you or be mean to you or like, like seeing our email list is like, those are our people. Those are people that want us to be talking to them, you know? (laughs) So it could be that you, maybe that idea that, that came up in our kind of brainstorming to create some, it doesn't have to be what is OT, but some sort of visual that would be free for people to download and Mm -hmm. have that front and center on your website. Like it's, this is here for you. This is a free thing I offer for anyone who joins my email list. If you're interested in my work going forward, I'll never spam you, blah, blah, blah. But then you, you have the ability to scale your business later by serving those people in whatever way that you want to grow your business. You have a direct access to their inbox rather than like putting a post out on social media and hoping that the algorithm shows it to three of the 75 people <laughs> that are on your list or, or following yeah, you or whatever. That's so, a good point. I didn't think of yeah. like Yeah. Cause an email list gives you time. Yeah. Hmm. We think, I, I think that's a really good point too. Like I think we, I think we think that when we put something out on social media, like so many people see it and so many of us are fearful to put things out there. And yet like people want people to see their things and they're not getting views. So it's like, we don't need to be fearful of putting things out on social media because they don't really re honestly, most of us don't really reach that many people, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we're first Mm -hmm. starting up, even now for me, I don't, I don't have, I've been in business five or six years now and I don't, I don't have like tens of thousands of people watching what I do, nor do I want it. I'd rather have a very, yeah, I want a very small engaged audience who's really interested and who feels like my people, you know, the people that I want to be connected with. But I I think for you, it it for sure is possible that you're going to be able to grow a really large Instagram following or a really large Facebook following because people are going to be like, oh, this is interesting. Visually, I want to follow this person and their work. Mm -hmm. But we have to be very intentional as business owners using social media. I say using, there might be a better, leveraging maybe is a better word. We don't like the word using as OTs, but leveraging social media to actually monetize and bring money into our business. Like that's okay to do, you know, (laughs) but social media is social. It's to connect with people. But if you are using it for business, it should be bringing money into your business. So if you have that set up on your website where you have a graphic that OTs would be interested in downloading and sharing, and it it clearly has your website and your name on it, that's going to get shared by anyone that downloads that. I mean, it just splatters the whole world with your OT graphically and people start to know your business as the person who does the infographics for OTs. You know, I don't know anyone else who's doing this right now, like as their business. So you've got a niche and now we're broadcasting like 7,000 people, you know, so now, now it's claimed girl. Yeah. I was Go like, ahead. oh, maybe I can just do this and that'll be the more. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
This is a good place. I mean, Kiara just said, I would really love this service for my practice. 17 minutes ago, someone said, yes, hot leads. Yes, totally. Okay. So they're agreeing <laughs> with whatever you said, Katie. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, so you, you create this graphic, you set it up on your website where people can give you their email for it. Then they're going to share it on their social media to all of their, you, you make something that's shareable. I mean, your business lends itself so easily to like organically marketing this way. Cause what you do essentially is create it's marketing marketing, you know? So, so everybody starts sharing that and you become that your name OT graphically becomes known as like the, the people you go to, to get these beautiful visuals created infographic. But I think that that's, that will build your email list. And then if you want to scale later, because you know, my brain automatically kind of what I said at the beginning goes to how would you scale this business? How are you going to make it like bigger to have more income for you to be less, less time, more money kind of is how I'm always thinking. And if you, let's say, okay, an idea that immediately comes to mind, let's say you wanted to create a store and people could buy graphics. Like maybe you create graphics for like areas that you know are up and coming practice areas. Like, you know, maybe nature-based pediatric practice (laughs) might be one you could create and people would buy that. Great. (laughs) I will be an affiliate for you and send people there now. <laughs> but like you could, let's just say that's an idea you want to do. You you created a store, okay? And you have like a variety, maybe you make eight to 10 graphics that are available for sale and people can buy them and use them freely in their marketing, whatever. If you create that store and all you have is your Instagram and Facebook followers or whatever, you might put an announcement out. It gets seen by a handful of people. If you have an email list, you have really engaged followers. You can email them directly. You can have, you could make a course where you have a cart open and only share it with those email. I mean, you might, you might market on social media too, but, Mm -hmm. but that email list is so important because you can connect directly with those people. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram algorithm doesn't matter. If they don't exist tomorrow, you still have people's emails. (laughs) So yeah, I think I, I got worried and I know that it's kind of back and forth that like people don't mm-hmm. read emails or they're just, their yeah. inbox is just like 10,000 emails. And, you totally. Know? So that was another concern. And I think why I started with, well, I think you have to start something. You just have to start. Totally. Yeah. But yes. I think I'm coming around to the idea that I appreciate a well-crafted email. And so I'm going to try to do that for other people. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not, you're not going to spam people right? Like you're, yeah. you're not going to spam them. So it might be that it might be that if you start to create, I mean, honestly, I think that idea of creating saleable graphics is a good idea that I just randomly said, because then you could keep your email short and sweet. Like it, you know, you're, and you're not going to always sell in these emails, like in emails, ultimately what you want to do. And I think where I'm trying to, why I keep going like this is, is <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around like, what could you give to people that's meeting their needs, but not like selling your graphics all the time, you know, like, because if you did create a store, then you could send an email out to your email list and say, do you work with adults who've had a CVA, you know, post stroke or whatever? I created a new graphic for sale now in my store or whatever. And that way, like the subject line is like, do you work with adults? who? Well, if I don't, then I'm just not going to open it. I don't care. Right. And then maybe you have one on pediatrics that I'm like, oh, heck yeah, I want to see that. Oh yeah, I'll buy that one or whatever. So I'm trying to think though, apart from that idea of a store, which doesn't exist yet, <laughs> like, and may never, that might not be the path you want to go on. 
I'm trying to think what you could share with people in on your email list that might be helpful to them and solve a problem they have and be aligned with the problem that you solve without like giving away what you do. Do you get that's, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's been the yeah. challenge because I feel like I have to give a graphic every time I do an email and that takes, takes a long time. No, so, no. But I, the other thing is I think I can tie in my schooling. So how to review research, how to find it, how yes. to, you know, that kind of yes. information, like yes. how to, what is an effect size? What's a P value? You know, I was like, I don't know what any of this is. And now yes. I do. So, I mean, that doesn't have to be in a graphic form, but can be, you know, pretty simply. So that, that is like, you could send an email with a subject line. That's like scratching your head at statistics and research. <laughs> I'll help. Quick start. I like that. You're good at that. Email. Guide, you know, oh, I love copywriting. Like it's one of my favorite things to do. Like I love coming up with headlines and like Great. like like little catchy phrase. I love titling things. It's like <laughs> I'm so nerdy about it. I love it. So I don't know that that was a very good one though, honestly. But but I think you are on the right track there. Like giving people the insight in into why? And that establishes you as an expert, right? That's the perfect thing to do actually now that I think about it because it establishes you as an expert because it's showing them the all of the complexity behind what you do, but in bite-sized nuggets. Like, mm-hmm. you know, don't want to look at the research yourself. Let me create a graphic for you. That, that's it. Like a PS on the email, you know? So it's it's like you're not really selling. You're trying to share with them something that'll help them like quickly solve the annoying problem we all have. I mean, I am in a PhD program and I still like look at the stats section of articles and I'm like, I think people think that if you're in a PhD program, you like suddenly can like read an article and it just, you understand all of that. No, no, I'm still like my stats textbook pulling out. So, so anyway, I think that that is a good idea. I think to, to have some kind of short emails that, that share the behind the scenes process. Yeah. Even things like how to communicate something, three simple tips for communicating complex ideas visually or something, creating a visual for complex ideas. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't know what they would be because this is not my area of expertise, but, but simple, but it shows people that you have an expertise that they don't have. And what ultimately happens is that they see you as someone who's helpful. And then when they try to do it and they realize that it's way more complex, then they take your three tips and they try to do them and they realize, (laughs) oh, like I am not good at this and this is way harder than I thought. And then they come to you because you're the person Mm -hmm. who has shown that you know your stuff in that area. So that makes total sense. Absolutely. That's an easy, that's an easy, easy answer to, or that's a, helpful answer to a problem I've been having for a long time. So it's like, Ooh. yeah, with the, I think, I think it's good. I mean, I think you're at a phase. I love how you like your approach has seemed so, so you, you're like embracing the messiness of like the startup process of a business and just saying like, you've made so many really great comments throughout this whole conversation about like, we well, have to start somewhere. And so I just did this, like, it's good, I think to have a curious and like like kind of inquisitive spirit as you start a business. And it just seems like that's how you have approached this. And you're at a perfect spot now to start like thinking, okay, so what's the next step? Like you have a bunch of followers on Instagram, you've got your account up. It's beautiful. Like you're going to continue naturally getting people there because people are interested in this. It's very unique and, and it's easy for people to be like, yes, I need to follow this. 
but a follow doesn't necessarily equate to money. Oh, once you get that email set up on your website, right? Like, and you have the, the downloadable to the lead magnet, like the thing that people will, will give you their email to get. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go share that. And it's going to be all over the world in like a couple of weeks. You're going to be famous. No, oh, so, you so what, yeah, right, right. So, so then what, what else you can do on Instagram, and this is where it can translate to dollars, like using it on Instagram or Facebook is that you can be directing people to your website to get that graphic. And that lets your Instagram account funnel people towards your email list and gets mm-hmm. people to, it also is good for website SEO to get people to your website. So that was, that was what I was going to, I was like, there was something other, oh, was like another step I'm forgetting. And I lost my train of thought, but that's what I was thinking was like, I think having that email lead magnet on your website is a way that you can kind of take steps towards actually getting paying customers from Instagram. Yeah, that makes sense. So, do you have any like tips on that process or I feel like that's like, is there a smooth process of doing that or? Well, like I think I've used for a long time, I used Linktree. It was like a, it's, it's like a free, you can, I think you can do one account for free. I do have um, that. You yeah. have Linktree. Yeah. Yeah. So you would just make a link on your Linktree. So it would be like the one link in your Instagram bio, you click on that and you know how Linktree will do for people listening. If you don't know what Linktree is, it's like a, can you describe it? It's like a, yeah, I don't know. It's a Next single in, yeah, Instagram only lets you put one link in your bio. It's really annoying. There's only, they don't let you have clickable links in Instagram. Like everybody's like, there's only, there's only three places that I know of right now, at least what I learned at this conference I went to in March before the pandemic shut down the whole world. You can have one link in your bio. You can have a link in an IGTV video caption, and you can have a link if you have the swipe up feature, maybe, is that what I'm thinking of? There's some, there's one other place yeah. you can put a live link and I can't remember where it is. Anyway, like if you can go like this and it leads you somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. That's the swipe up feature where you can like <laughs> swipe up and it takes you off the platform, I think. So maybe that's, maybe that was the other one. So basically what we're talking about is that one link that you get in your bio on Instagram that people can click on link tree. It's linktr.ee, I think is the website. (laughs) It's like a service that basically lets you link a bunch of different websites on a page. And so when you click the link in Instagram, it will pop up and there's like this list of different sites that people can go to. So what I would say for you, if you already have something like that, there's some other services similar to Linktree too, is you could just put at the very top of that Linktree list, when people click on the link in your bio, put at the very top, get your free OT infographic here. Mm-hmm. And they click on that and it goes to your website where they can enter their email and get the graphic, which again, good for SEO. Now, Instagram, Facebook, all these platforms, they don't like people clicking off of their platform, right? And, and when mm-hmm. people are in the platform, they're not as likely to click off and go to a website and enter their email and all that, but it's, it's a way to collect. It's like, it's like a way to say, I want to stay in touch with you. Here's what I have on offer. Here's what I offer for free Mm -hmm. and you can get it here. Now I'm going to add one more piece of information that I recently realized that you're missing. If, if you use Linktree or one of those other services that, that kind of is an easy way to manage a bunch of links on Instagram with a single link, you're actually missing an opportunity to send people to your website because that link could go to your website, right? So Mm -hmm. 
what we recently did and what'd you say? That's a good point. I didn't think about that because it's, yeah, you could just put your website and that would solve that problem. Yes. So what this is, and this is exactly what I just did after, you know, I guess I just started getting more involved on Instagram in the last year. So we'll say after a year, even though it's been like five <laughs> years that I've been there, but, but um, I, I only just really got involved. I, I made it my goal to learn marketing on Facebook well, and then I moved into Instagram this year and I just kind of started becoming more present there like earlier this year. So, and I love it now. It's like my favorite, <laughs> but, but I, I think that a good thing to do is to have a page on your website that just is otgraphically.com slash links. And that is the link that you would put on your Instagram bio. And that page can be where you share whatever, whatever you have going on in your business right now. So for, for my private practice and for my at Laura Park Fig account, which is more entrepreneurship kind of business content, which doesn't blend well with the nature-based practice stuff. Everybody says you should only have one Instagram account. I'm like, no, my life does not work for one Instagram account. Yeah, I, have I two. also have two. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. My Laura Park big one started out being more personal, but then as I moved into more business coaching and entrepreneurship, I'm like, this doesn't fit on the nature-based practice. It just doesn't. It's not, yeah. it, it kind of overlaps a little at some points, but I needed it to be separate. So yeah. So I have, I have a social media manager who does most of the outdoor kids OT social media, but then I am doing almost all of the Laura Park fig accounts. So we switch those links in our bios for both the private practice and my mind your OT business, my, my business coaching side, we switch the link to, to go to the website with the slash links. And we just made a page where there's just a list of, you know, for for therapists, for business owners, for whatever, and we just have a list of links. So it's like here's our like the OT entrepreneurs Facebook group is linked there, and it actually it actually is nice because it's branded with your business. Like Linktree is limited with what you can brand, how you can brand it, unless you pay more, which I never paid for. <laughs> I paid like a very yeah. minimal amount. I think I paid for the lowest the lowest grade service, whatever. But but it's nice now that you click on it and it goes to a page on our website with all the links and it looks branded for the business and also has all the information and it's sending traffic to our website rather than just to Linktree. So that was like an epiphany I had after years of <laughs> doing it the other way with Linktree. But Linktree yeah. is simple and it's easy, it's easy to use, but it's just another idea. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I feel like I can get like 10 links and then it kind of gets lost in the shuffle on Linktree. Yeah. So I think that's yeah better way to guess. <laughs> yeah. It's good too. Cause it forces when you put it on your, a page on your website, it forces you to kind of categorize and like make it look nice. And, and it makes you think through what is really important to show people I offer and what is not so important and can kind of like not be linked here. They'll find it in some other link when, when I send them there. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. You have, you have homework then, huh? Yeah. I wrote a lot down. I got to do good. What are your takeaways? Let, let's wrap up because we went we went over a little bit. Ooh, I'm I'm like meant to wrap this up by eleven fifteen, but we can go. Tell me what tell me what your takeaways were. For make a lead ma- magnet. Okay, definitely going to start there, and to be able to you know focus on the email list and building. Sorry, you might hear my cat. Oh, <laughs> so she wants to. <laughs> so cute. Wants to join. Yeah, it's just create that lead magnet, and that way you can get more people onto the email list and kind of 
capitalize on the Instagram page as well that way. And yeah, marketing towards business owners. I didn't, you know, I, I, I've always thought that that was an option, but I, I didn't know how needed that was or if that's, you know, the way to go. But I think yeah. maybe doing, you know, universities more so for research and then, you know, business owners that will, that kind of helps me streamline it a little bit. And yeah, on the actual emails, just trying to make some small bites that people can really see that I am an expert in this, or at least try to. And yeah, you know, not always love be sh- showing out graphics because it's it takes a long time. So yes, that's a lot, and you're gonna do it amazingly. I know because your work is just so incredible. So mm-hmm. I love it. I can't that's wait to see what you do. It's very much my flow. I'm getting that flow when I make it. So I very much enjoy it. (laughs) That's the dream world. If you can create a business as an entrepreneur around what makes you feel a state of flow, like Mm -hmm. your your life is great. It's awesome. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you, Katie, for being willing to do this. This was not an easy thing for people to be like live on a call when we're doing a coaching session. So I think you gave everyone in this group that is going to watch this now, watch it live. And in the future, a lot of really great things to think about in their business. So we'll end it here. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I'd love to know what listening to that live coaching call was like for you. If you learned anything from this episode and from this live coaching call with Katie, please let me know. I love to hear from listeners. You can DM me on Instagram at lauraparkfig, L-A-U-R-A-P-A-R-K-F-I-G, or you can leave a post about any question you have or any insights you have in the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group. The other thing I'm trying to remember to do on the podcast is ask you for an honest review. I forget to do this all the time. And when I hear this on podcasts that I listen to, I keep thinking, I need to remember to ask people to review. Please, if you have gained value from this podcast, the way that other people find out about it, the way that other OT practitioners find out about it is if you leave reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. So if you've gained value from Mind Your OT Business, please leave a quick review and let other people know about it so that more OTs can join us in this entrepreneurial endeavor that we are all on together. So think about what you learned today and take a small step. I say this every episode because I so believe it to be true and it is my mantra that I remind myself all the time. Take a small step because small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business.